Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. On in Washington right now, the PACT Act passed. Uh, the whole controversial issue over the, you know, obviously the burn pit uh, elements of Afghanistan and Iraq and taking care of our veterans and some Republicans flip flop in their votes and then they voted for it. And then we have the reconciliation bill with Joe Manchin supporting it, surprising many, but will it still pass? Uh, we, of course, have Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan. I mean, it's just a lot going on. And uh, we're grateful to have Lisa Hagan uh, with the CT Mirror, who's, I believe, maybe the only uh, Connecticut focused. A national reporter in D.C. right now. Hopefully this is someone we can talk to a lot more moving forward. Lisa, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, thanks for coming on, and we'd love the fact that you're doing what you're doing um, for the CT Mirror. So uh, we appreciate the time. I, I want to start with the, the PACT Act because, you know, everyone made such a big deal about these Republicans who sort of stopped it the first time, and they claimed uh, we, we can get into the weeds a little bit between discretionary and mandatory spending and, and what have you. My first question is, you know, was there criticism? Because some people think it was just, you know, punishment for – um, uh, you know, a, a, a bill that had just passed that the Democrats sort of got through. Um, what Were there concerns? Are there concerns? Were they legitimate? It's hard to say where they're all exactly coming from. So we had at least one Republican who from the beginning was consistent on the fact that he was worried about the way the bill was funded. And that was Senator Pat Toomey of of Pennsylvania. But as you're as you're alluding to, there were 25 Republicans who originally supported the bill in June and kind of seemingly out of nowhere flipped last week and voted against the bill. And then, of course, they all came back on last night and eventually passed it. And so there were accusations from some Democrats, including Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut, suggesting that maybe the fact that this this deal between Democrats, between Senator Schumer and Senator Manchin might have changed their mind because they were able to kind of get through this last minute deal for Democrats. Now, okay, a couple quick questions that are really important that I don't know. So this would be helpful for me. Did the bill that passed, was it unchanged from the one they voted against just previously? Yes, this was unchanged. This is exactly what they voted on in June and last week. And I think ultimately, though, I think it's an important distinction because if it is you know, discretionary versus mandatory, does that open the window for spending not related to this to, in the future, get pushed through? That is what Senator Toomey, the Republican I was mentioning, is alluding to. He believes that he said he takes no issue with the new spending that this bill would open up. It's about $280 billion. But he was warning that hundreds of billion dollars more could be, because it would become mandatory, could be used for completely unrelated programs. But is that so true? Is that possible? Is that is that possible? Is it possibly true? Uh, I don't know. I, I, don't... I mean, I guess what they're, I, I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I guess what they're alluding to is the fact that because it's mandatory, it's not up to the discretion of congressional appropriators every year. And so Democrats, I guess we're saying basically trust the process, trust future Congresses that they will be using that money 
right. only for veterans and helping veterans. So, right. it, so it's the, the counter argument is that if there isn't money to, needed for this veteran situation, they'll use it somewhere else. I guess that's that's ultimately what what the argument was. Um, we're talking with Lisa Hagen from CT Mirror here on Brian and Company and WTIC. The other one is this reconciliation bill that you know supposedly Joe Manchin is supporting, uh, but then Kirsten Cinema, we don't know if she'll support it. it is is it going to pass? That is what Democrats are hoping for at this point. I mean, they're they're hinging and they're betting it all on Kirsten Cinema, who's a Democrat from Arizona. She is she has been a key part to all of us the whole time, but she was not part of that initial deal that was struck between Senator Joe Manchin and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. So there, she she has one issue at least in it about closing the carried interest loophole. But aside from that. We don't know where she stands, and she will currently not say pretty much until the bill is on the floor and they're taking votes on it actively. Wow, so it's amazing how one person can have that much that much power. Yeah. That is a 50-50 Senate. As, as a President Joe Biden said, everyone, everyone is a president in a 50-50 Senate. Yeah, we're talking with Lisa Hagen, who uh, just in the last couple of months has joined CT Mirror covering all things D.C. and focused very much on the con- Connecticut congressional delegation as well. A lot of these stories are, are national news right now, and that's, you know, Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan. It seemed like there was some, you know, bipartisan support for her trip in support of Taiwan. I'm just curious uh, if if people down in D.C. are worried about the possible response from China. Uh, you're right. Basically, at this point, it, there was bipartisan support. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and, and a few other Republicans in leadership. I mean, there was over, you know, there was dozens of them that signed a letter supporting her. And so they're, they were supportive of her. They believe she made the right decision. They believe that China should not dictate which where members of Congress go. And so uh, I think I, I have to imagine they're all on high alert. I know the White House was trying to maybe get her off not going. So I imagine there there will be people and people in Congress and intelligence watching to make sure China doesn't retaliate against her visit to Taiwan. You know, I wanted to ask you one last question. I know it's something you, you wrote on recently. You know, I, I did a ton of work in New Hampshire for the primary in the last cycle, and it's amazing how a small state can be so become so important based on where they fall on the calendar. What are the chances... And we'll talk to Nancy DiNardo, I think, tomorrow. But what, in your estimation, if you take off your pure journalism hat, what, what are the chances that Connecticut would move into a slot in the primary that would make the state more relevant nationally uh, when it comes to the primary process? Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's still fairly low that Connecticut jumps into the first four or five spots, depending on how much Democrats you know, line up the early calendar. And so it's because of the fact that I think the DNC is taking into account having regional representation. And so picking places from the West and the South right. and the East Coast and the Midwest. And so you're compete- Connecticut's competing with New Hampshire. They're, they've always gone first, at least from a primary perspective. That's still, that's still pretty tough competition. So I think be able to fall in that lineup when there's so much other big competition from other states that frankly are just more of a swing state in the general election. So I think that That'll be a little tough. And that decision actually was supposed to come this weekend, but will actually get punted until after the midterm election. Oh, it will. So we won't mm-hmm. we won't find out until then. OK, that's interesting. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, it's great to, to make your acquaintance. You know, I'm trying to always bring in new voices. And, and, you know, we 
you know, we have, uh, of course, David Lightman from McClatchy joins us every Friday, but, he, you know, he's not working for a Connecticut publication anymore. So we really appreciate the insight, and, and it's great to have you doing the job you're doing. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I just also want to note that I'm working both in a joint partnership for Connecticut Mirror and Connecticut Public. So you will you will also hear me on the radio as well. <laughs> great. Awesome. Well, hopefully you'll come on with us again. Uh, Lisa, have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right, Lisa Hagen uh, from Connecticut Mirror joining us here on Brian and Company. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.